People are yearning for information. Having the opportunity to encourage people and to educate people and inspire people. It's amazing to be able to say we'll carve out time to take care of ourselves. There's something for everyone. Christina Sell has had a dynamic career which includes customer service, sales, office administration, and teaching. Christina is a certified yoga teacher and Reiki master. She has lived all over the world and has picked up tools that have helped her cultivate a personal culture and growth mindset geared toward taking potential and transforming it into something real and remarkable. And her passion is helping others. Today, we're going to talk about Christina's work with neurofeedback. Welcome to HealthGig, Christina. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Yes, Christina, we're so excited that you're joining us today. We really are. And so we just wanted to start by asking you to tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, how you got started in your career, and how you discovered neurofeedback. All right. Well, I will try to be really simple with my story. My background is a little different than most people who are going to be a neurofeedback practitioner. I don't have a certification as a therapist, a counselor, or any of the other professionals that may use this as a treatment. My background is actually more as a yoga teacher, an energy healer, and a trauma-informed coach. I found neurofeedback after basically reaching a state of burnout. I was working a full-time job. I'm a single mother. I was doing healing sessions and other side jobs and probably working about 65 hours a week back when I lived in Denver to make ends meet. I decided to move to Northern California in 2021 and kind of make not only a career change, but just a, a life change. I went through kind of a lot of stuff in the last five years, a divorce from my military husband. So that had been my whole life prior. I found myself alone in Denver, unsupported and having to rebuild my life completely because I, you know, it's just a huge life shift. And I was already a certified yoga teacher and doing some of that work. I hadn't started with the energy work or healing sessions at that point. And I started actually working in private practice optometry. So I did that for several years. My last job was actually working for OptumCare, which is a national healthcare insurance company. I was working remotely. So when I made the decision to move to California, our team actually was laid off in June. And I was like, whoa, what am I supposed to do? And I decided to make a career change. All along throughout all this process, I had been kind of fantasizing about how can I take my healing gifts and my spiritual gifts and merge those into a career where I can really help people understand the impacts of trauma and that it's not something that we have to remain stuck in in our lives. And I wanted to be able to find a way to make that something that was not only grounded in the 3D, but that I could bring my gifts into the real world to be of service to my community. It's one thing to work as a coach to people online and my friends and family and other clients, but to come into a community that has a high need for mental health care as well as medical health care. I was really thrilled to put myself out there and I found plenty of opportunity. And so I began working in a mental health rehabilitation center that is corporate run when they basically begged me to work for them. They're like, we need yoga teachers. We want someone who's trauma-informed, you know, and I got in there as quick as I could. And quickly I realized that 
a lot of the folks who are in there, they're gravely disabled, so they have severe mental illness, schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder, bipolar, a lot of brain damage from drugs and things like that, self-medication, right? The program had really struggled um, in that facility throughout COVID, and I kind of found myself a little in over my head. I didn't know how to teach these people yoga because they were not in their bodies. They were in their minds so far out of their bodies for so long that the only thing I could work out with my team was to get them to do meditation. And so we began doing that every morning. It's still running successfully. It's helping, but yoga is a little bit more of a challenge and that kind of stuff. But then I put my feelers out to this nonprofit. I've always wanted to work in nonprofit. I applied for a little part-time job that was just kind of 10 hours, supposed to be like 10 hours on the side. They were looking for a neurofeedback provider. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. I can't, you know, like I've never heard of this before, but it sounds amazing. And I was honored to take that opportunity. They put me through all the training and I started also treating myself. And it has just been honestly pretty miraculous because I've been able to help people make the shifts that in 10, 15 years of practicing yoga and meditation internally for myself, I was able to make, but much slower in a much slower process, right? So neurofeedback is just incredible because it does help people to get that feeling of mindfulness activities without doing them. Like they just play a video game or watch a TV show. And after 30 minutes, it's like they've done a meditation or a yoga session. Wow, that's incredible. I guess that's where your journey is amazing and really shows your strength and resilience. So thank you for sharing that. Gosh, what is neurofeedback? Yeah. What is it? And what exactly (laughs) is it? (laughs) That's the question of the day. So neurofeedback is... So it's a type of biofeedback. Biofeedback is like mindful breathing, right? It's when we pay attention to our body, but how the heck do we pay attention to our brain? It's not really accessible to us, but with neurofeedback, it makes it so. Neurofeedback is a non-invasive treatment. It is evidence-based. There's over 40 years of study backing it. It's widely used and accepted in European countries, and it's making uh, gains in America. I used to live in Colorado and I know they use it for kids in foster care, which is incredible. So it is a process that encourages healthier brain function. So through training your brain waves with low frequency, and the process that I use is called the Othmer method, and we use infralow frequency. And as far as I know, it's the only neurofeedback procedure that uses the infralow frequency. Frequency is basically just waves. It's a measure. You so it's almost on your head or what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so to begin a session, I place electrodes um, on certain training sites on the scalp, right? Mm-hmm. That is determined by me, by the clinician and based upon your symptoms or concerns. And we always begin in the pattern that the brain develops, right? So we begin on the right side and we start with physical calming and sometimes stabilization. What this training does is it trains the slowest waves in our brain that regulate our stress response in the amygdala, in the brainstem, and it comes and stabilizes us and brings people into a calmer, more relaxed state passively. 
if we want to do this, we need to go find someone who's trained in this and they have the equipment. And so they put this on our heads or you've put this on our heads. And Mm -hmm. is it like a little machine that you turn up the frequency and you turn down the frequency? Yeah, absolutely. So the electrodes read your brain EEG in real time. So your brain waves go through the neurofeedback device and that goes in real time to the television and to my computer screen. And so I can see your EEG and what your brain is doing as well as your electromyography, which is your muscle activity. So that's a good indicator of how responsive a person's nervous system are, especially for someone like me who has twitches and things. I can see that on the EMG. Wow. So it's kind of like when you go to your doctor, even now, and they can do that EKG for you, like right there. But this would be like doing that for your brain. Yes. Not just your heart. Now we've got the heart thing down, but now it's your brain. Yes. How long is a session and how long does it last? Each session is about 30 minutes of training. If we go longer than that, we tend to get a little too tired because it is really a workout for your brain. It's just like going to the gym. Mm -hmm. And it's non-invasive. There's no side effects to this except good side effects, right? You can't really do damage, but you do sometimes get something we refer to as arousal indicators. So I wouldn't say they're symptoms because they are temporary. So usually what I notice is people will really feel the strong effects of their session for two to five days. I can usually feel when my session's worn off and I need to go in and do a little training. So arousal indicators, right? Arousal being the state of our nervous system. What is it doing in response to the training or to the frequency we've used? Infralow frequency is only 0.1 down to 0.0001. It is the lowest possible frequency we have access to at the current time. So it's very, very low, but neurofeedback is a really powerful tool. So these arousal indicators could be if we're a little low, you could be tired for three or four days after your session. I get a little depressed sometimes and I'm like, oh, that's not me. That's the neurofeedback because I know that's my indicator. And so sometimes we build up like I'll get used to a certain frequency and my need to move a little bit. But what we do when we start a client out is the first few sessions, maybe four to seven sessions, we are trying to dial in and optimize that frequency because your brain, we sort of expose it to the whole range or part of the range and give it that mirror of this is the wave that I'm training at. And your brain will choose what it likes, whether it wants to be on the lower end or the higher end. Some people really like the lower end. They say most people will favor that. That's not my experience as a practitioner, but it's also different. My supervisor told me that in big cities, people need a lower frequency. And we live out here in a really rural area and people don't need those triple zeros all the time, because I think there's just less noise in general. Does neurofeedback work for everyone or are there some people that it doesn't work for? I would say that it can work for everyone. Some people will take a lot longer. Those on the autism spectrum will take longer to train than maybe someone who just has like a simple anxiety or depression, something like that. Why is it important to talk about trauma in regards to neurofeedback? Trauma is really important when it comes to brain development. The first five years of neurodevelopment is hugely important for the human brain. Any type of adverse conditions that children are born into have a huge effect on health 
over the long term and as well as morbidity. The first five years, if there's any type of physical abuse or, you know, drug exposure, things like that, the brain can have neurodevelopmental trauma, which will affect a person throughout their life. And people with neurodevelopmental trauma may never be able to train like the left side of their brain. The right side of a brain is the more creative flow. It's a little more plastic. That left side has that rigidity, that logic, that system. And unfortunately in a person like that, we can't fine tune things like speech and motor skills and stuff, but we can really work to calm the nervous system, which has almost miraculous effects in any ways in the long run for anyone. But there are some people that it won't work for. It doesn't help with cannabis addiction as much as it does with alcohol addiction. Trauma is one of those things we, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of like top down or bottom up when it comes to healing trauma. It's basically the approaches to healing trauma. So the bottom up approach is like what we're doing in neurofeedback, in yoga, in mindfulness. We're trying to calm the reptilian parts of the brain, the brainstem, the inner parts, the lower parts. So going from calming the body, the base of it or the core of it versus the top down, which would be like psychotherapy where you're trying to change the Mm. thoughts or something. I like the bottom up approaches. Personally, I have found them much more helpful. I do believe that healing trauma, we need a dynamic approach. I think we should be kind of going from the top and the bottom and meeting in the middle. There is a deep-seated trauma cycle in every human being. We have collective trauma. We have historical trauma. We have intergenerational trauma, which is the stuff we inherit from our families. You know, yeah. I, I come from a long line of military men, and my grandfather was a World War II vet and Korean War veteran. Those things that weren't talked about in our family are felt generationally. You know, I feel like my son and I are especially sensitive and I actually spent my life in some of the places where my grandfather saw war. And I don't think that's a coincidence. You know, Mm. I think that I was definitely meant to move there to sort of help transition that energy on the planet. That whole part of it fascinates. I don't want to get off topic and go on too much about my own trauma experience. Basically, we all have collective trauma. And so that's a baseline. That's something we hold in our energy. The thing I see differently about the nervous system, because I'm a energy practitioner, energy worker, I don't like healer because I can't heal you, but I help move energy is that the more trauma we go through, it can really keep us stuck. And so we have these baseline levels that we all inherit when we're born, but there are things like adverse adult experiences and adverse childhood experiences that kind of compile. I have this little chart. It's a triangle and you can find it online. It has all of those kind of trauma layers and the top is early death. So the more you have those traumas stacked within your own being, right, it can lead to early death. So adverse childhood experiences is something that I like to talk about because it's something that most therapists, psychotherapists, it's part of the assessment that I do for all of my clients is to see what adverse conditions they may have experienced in their childhood or adulthood even. Those things impact our health greatly. Chronic lung disease goes up by 260%. The chances of depression goes up by almost 500%. Early death by it's like 400 some percent. If you have an ACEs score of four or higher, and there are 10 questions on that. I live in an area, uh, Humboldt County, California, just north of wine country in the Redwoods. And this Mm. area has a lot of historical trauma and intergenerational trauma, especially being that this is a largely indigenous community. 
as well as the local history here is a little weird, which I didn't know before I moved here, but I learned that for probably the past 60 or 70 years, this has been the cannabis cultivation (laughs) capital of the world. (laughs) So, and then there's the logging industry. And so those things have impacted this community a lot. And Humboldt County has a 30% rate of folks that have an ACEs score of four or higher. What that means is it is actually twice the national average. There are more people here with adverse life conditions and those trauma histories than in the rest of Cal. It's the highest rate in California altogether. And then it's twice the national average. So being that we're rural, we don't have enough healthcare workers. We don't have enough mental healthcare workers, folks like me that are I would consider myself a paraprofessional. I don't want to be a therapist or a counselor. I, you know, maybe I'll go back to school one day for neuroscience, but I'm focused on raising my son right now and managing that. For me, addressing trauma, especially in these kinds of community is a number one priority because over the course of time, the social problems are going to grow so badly. And this town, I live in Eureka. It is beautiful. It is just adorable. It is full of old Victorian houses and we have the waterfront and the redwoods. And it's just a treasure. This entire coast is a really special part of America that I really feel in my heart that we should work towards preserving. And I think if we don't have healthy people, we can't take care of the earth and we can't take care of our society and environment that we live in. And so for me, when we heal collectively, when we heal ourselves, it's helping everyone. It's so true. That's what Trisha and I talk about all the time is the interconnected wellness of our earth and the people who inhabit it and the wildlife and everything else. So it's wonderful that you're helping others. I know that's one of your passions that you consider that sort of the secret to happiness is helping others. Yeah. And it's really, and being at the forefront of neurofeedback and bringing this out to the world and to our listeners, we really so appreciate it. And I know that Dora and I were so excited for this podcast because we're like, yeah, we want to know a little bit more about this. You know, what is happening? So thank you for taking the time to talk to all of us about it. I'm so happy to be able to share this information with America. It is, I think, because of the effects of trauma, it dysregulates our nervous system, which is what really causes all of those health effects. The depression, everything, it comes from a dysregulated nervous system. So we have this tool that in just a few months, we can really heal and repair a person's nervous system and sense of self. It's a whole procedure with neurofeedback, you know. The way that sessions start is in the beginning, you may be playing a game or you might be watching a Netflix show, right? It's very passive. You're just sitting there. I'm just sitting there. But over time, I move my clients into doing meditations with their sessions. And we have two other types of training that are called synchrony and alpha theta. And that's what somebody can do after they do about 20 sessions or so. Once the brain is really used to the training, synchrony helps folks be grounded. It helps them kind of anchor into their body. It's pretty amazing. And then it is really good for anxious people. And then alpha theta isn't good for everyone, but alpha theta is incredible. As a person who has done a lot of past life regression, a lot of meditative journeying and that kind of thing. With alpha theta, it really brings you into a deep state of introspection. With those sessions, we put headphones on and put the frequency directly into the ears. 
And then we also put an eye guard on so that the senses are deprived. It's like being guided into a journey or like a regression without any of the guidance. There is a little vocal, you know, meditative guidance, but it's not extensive. And the experience that I had with it was so transformative. You really do find yourself on a journey and you move into a state where you get to meet your core self without feeling emotional or distressed or overwhelmed. But it's literally like being astrally transported somewhere else. And that has a very, very deep way to heal trauma. The way they put it in the training was it heals your psyche and it aids you in the unbinding of your soul. And I truly have experienced that with neurofeedback. And so I just highly recommend it for people. Well, thank you. Such a great introduction and really appreciate it. Yes. How do people find you? People can find me on social media. I have a Facebook page and an Instagram page. What is your Instagram? On Facebook, just my name, Christina Sell. And on Instagram, it is The Soul Archaeologist. Thank you, Christina. Yes, thanks so much, Christina. You're welcome. Look forward to talking to you again and going deeper a little bit more about neurofeedback. And a big shout out to Nina, who's connected us. So um, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you for joining us on Health Gig. We loved having you with us. We hope you'll tune in again next week. In the meantime, be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and follow us on healthgigpod.com. I'm Trisha. And I'm Doro. Be well.